This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening. Actually, good morning. Actually, it will be good morning. Right now, it's good evening, but the time we're finishing good morning. First of all, a little advertisement. We really don't have many rooms left for the Shabbaton, which is Pasha Shmos, not this Shabbos, but next Shabbos. Families, married guys, girls, um, are invited. Only boys over 13, single boys over 13 are not invited. Um, Baruch Hashem, we're filling up. We have people from, girls from everywhere, Toronto, Montreal, California, everywhere. Baruch Hashem. But we do have some rooms left, and we'd love if you would come for the Shabbos. There's a lot of Shabbatones, and I'm not going to tell you this is the best Shabbaton of all the other Shabbatones, but I will tell you that it is the best Shabbaton of all the other Shabbatones. So, um, Nobody, and I speak a lot of Shabbaton, nobody has asked the rabbi from 11.30 Friday night to Shabbos. Nobody. We do. So we got smart. All the rabbis were like half asleep, like at 4 o'clock. The girls are asking, room's full, and they're all asking, and like, they're like, they're like, talking about Moshe Rabbeinu, and like, and like, and like, how come Moshe Rabbeinu hit the rock? And I'm like, so tired. I'm like, I don't know, I th- I think we're going to have a full kiddish tomorrow. I'm not sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Rabbi, wake up! So, we got smart because we used to dive in at 8.30. So we, we sat there till 8.30 in the morning with a full house of, um, a full house of girls asking questions. We have some good questions. Good questions, like really, you know, like the, the shaitel question. If it's nicer than you're here, why is that? Oh. So the smart them are like, we don't wear shaitel, this levity. Place is flying. So we got smart. We got together. We said, you know what? We'll make up a seeking minion. So we don't have to wait till 8.30. We can start diving at 5 o'clock. But the seeking now is like 7.30 anyway. So we're not going to gain much. That was when we had it in, you know, in July, in June. Right. Anyway, it's very exciting. It's very amazing. I, I, there's so many speakers. There's so many breakout sessions. I think there's eight. Every hour, you can go to eight different shiro. And you can do something amazing. You could go to all eight shiurim. You walk in and you listen to the beginning. And it says in the post, and then you go to the next one, and the measure, and then you could just put it together and have your own little shear. Like, take eight pieces and cuddle anyway, whatever. It's, it's just a fun time. And then Mother Shabbos, amazing drummer. No, but anyway, amazing concert. And um, it's, just, it's just a beautiful Shabbos. And I do appreciate and respect all the other Shabbatons that are made, but... This is the Shabbaton. Even Oyetzal, some Oyetzal guy sitting here. It's nice, it's nice. It's a little, a little, you know. But you didn't have Ask the Rabbi till 8 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning, you know. And you didn't have eight breakout sessions. So we don't want to tell everybody that, whatever. All right. The only thing we don't have on the Shabbaton, everybody, is alcohol. Sorry. No alcohol, just a little, little five and a half percent wine, cream malaga, and grape juice. No alcohol. It's not really no. Okay, so you're invited. If you're married, you're invited. If you're single, you'll come to our big single event. When is the single event? I don't know, but we're working on it. We have to have a single event. We have to. We have to get these people married. All right. Anyway, it's very interesting. Last week I spoke about. I spoke about getting angry, not angry but angry at what's going on in the world. Unbelievable reaction. A guy put a deposit on a ranch an hour out of Lakewood. 
He's got 20 guys, volunteers, to open up this place right away for guys that are like, you know, have addictions. He put it together like since last week's partial. Like it was unbelievable. And then I get, I get a lot of emails from people that really care and they say, ah, Rabbi Wallerstein, I am angry. But the problem is it had no reaction to my shears. Like the next three words was at my wife. That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't what I was talking about. So I got a lot of those, but I get those every week. So that's, that's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but... No, a lot of people really took it seriously, and, and, and they're making changes, and they sent me advice, and all kinds of good things. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, a very close friend of mine tonight, we're learning Eli Nishmas, Aharon Tzvi Ben Moshe Aryeh. Very close friend of mine, my Moshe Hertz, who's a very good buddy of mine. His son was Nifter, very, very young, in Eretz Yisrael. Very, very big tragedy. A major, major tragedy. Um... So that's what we're gonna do. He just, he just got up from Shiva. He got up from Shiva on Monday. So the Nisham is in Shemayim. And we're gonna learn, There is two things that I heard while I was there. Visiting my friend, So Moshe, who's in, of course, in a lot of pain. He just lost a child. Um, very big void, an irreplaceable void. We see that from Yaakov. As great as Yaakov was, he thought he lost the child. He, had, he lost his total um, Ruch HaKodesh because when you're not happy, you can't have Ruch HaKodesh. Even it affected Yaakov Levino. And when they came to be Menachem him, they said, look, we have a whole big family, grandsons and granddaughters and a whole big family. So he lost one child. New, you know, it should be in a humble. Look what you do have. Don't look what you don't have. Yaakov Levino said, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. If I lost one child, it's like I lost everybody. He was not Menachem. So it's not so posh. You have to get to the level to be macabre and everything, but of course has to work on himself. So my, my friend said something unbelievable. It's not the one that, I, that I'm saying. The, one, the next one is like, everyone who's listening, I'm going to say it's about Torah tonight that is probably the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I've, I've heard some stuff. Um, anyway, so, so Moshe was sitting there and he was talking to a Rav, my friend, and he said, you know, there are three partners in a person. The father, the mother, and Hashem. Right? The Gemara says, if you have partners, let's say me and you are partners in a field, and I want to build a fence on the field, which is going to make the field much better. I don't have to ask you. Because I'm making it better. Why would you say no? Mm. It has to be better for the property, not for me. Better for me, I have to ask you. Better for the property. Car's filthy. Take it for a car wash. I'm going to ask you to take it for a car wash. Right? The, bender's, the fender's broken, and it's, I have a friend that's going to do it for free. Uh, right? So, but it talks about a field. Put, make a fence around the field. So he said like this. So my friend said to me, he said, Zechariah, he said, there are three partners in my son, Aroni. Me, my wife, and Hashem. Hashem didn't ask me if he could take my child away. He didn't ask my wife if he could take my child away. But he took my child away. His mashma, that if he's a partner, and he didn't ask us, it must be for the better. Wow. That's what he said to me when I sat down. Okay, but here's the Tzvatar that he said that. This is the one. So, Moshe said that, you know, he's now, he's an Ovel, so on Shabbos, 
didn't say Torah, so he had a hat there to say Musr. Because Musr doesn't give you Simcha. So you're allowed to say Musr. So this is what he told his kids that he heard over, I believe from Iris Lodowitz, I think that's what he said he heard from one of those Lodowitzes. He said the following story. There was a little boy, and he's at a candy store, and he's looking in the window. There's a whole basket on the front desk of the whole basket of lollipops. And he's looking. And the store owner sees that he's looking. So he says to the kid, you know, come in and, 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 and take, a, take a, a lollipop. The kid still has his nose in the glass, doesn't move. So I guess it was cold outside. He didn't want to go outside to the kid. So he takes the basket and he puts it by the window and he says, you know, lollipops, lollipops, come take a lollipop. Kid doesn't move. Doesn't move. That's that. Normal kid will come in and take a lollipop. Anyway, so the owner of the store, you're going to say this a million times. So the owner of the store takes a second to hop it up. The owner of the store comes out to the kid with a basket of lollipops. And he says to the kid, I don't understand. I told you to come inside. Why don't you come inside and take a lollipop? Right? The kid's standing there. Still didn't take a lollipop. Guy's like, what's wrong with this kid? Why is he standing if he doesn't want one? So he takes his two hands, the, the, the owner of the store, and he fills it up with lollipops because this kid does something wrong over here, right? And he puts it by the kid and he's got this two handfuls of lollipops and he says, come on, what's wrong with you? Take a lollipop, take lollipops. So the kid says, okay. Okay, could you give me all the lollipops that are in your hand? Would you give me all the lollipops that are in your hand? He says, sure, open up your pocket. And he puts all the lollipops in the kid's pocket. He says, you have to explain to me what's going on here. So the kid was brilliant. He said, if I come into the store and take the lollipops, I have a teeny little hand. I'm only going to get a couple of lollipops. But being that you're an adult and you have a big hand, if you give me the lollipops, I'll get a lot more. So my friend said that to his kids, he said, if you want to take stuff in life, you only have a teeny little hand. But if you let Hashem give you stuff, it's a much bigger hand. Did you ever hear anything like that? I never heard anything like that. You hear what he's saying? I'm a kid. I'm put my hand in your lap and get two, three lollipops. I got a teeny little hand. But if you give me the lollipops from your hands, wow. So he said to his kids, Hashem gives us so much because his hands are so big. If you want to grab and you want to take, you're not going to get much. You got to let Hashem give you in life. Not grab stuff in life. It's not what it's about. Stay. To me, that's like, that's, that's out of here. You think about it and you let it resonate inside yourself. It's so true. It's so true. That should be an aliyah for Aaron Tzvi's by Moshe Arie's. Neshama, this is going to, a shit that's going to go out, that's going to go public. So, that should be an aliyah. For Shalema, he was a very sensitive boy. This, this boy, this guy, this boy was sensitive to all the pain in the world and all the injustice. He couldn't deal with all the fakery, falseness, 
injustice and pain in the world that people did to, that people did to each other. He just couldn't deal with it. It was too much. He was 27, 26, 27. He couldn't deal with it. He was like, like he saw a man going down the street, whatever, you know, he would run up to him, what do you need, where are you going? Like, he was one of those guys. Like, the guys in yeshiva, he was always worried about everybody. He's got everybody's back. He's got everybody's back. He's got everybody's back. And then when a rev something would happen to the kid in yeshiva, you know, he, 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 would, he would be like, it's injustice. And, and, and how can you do that or whatever? He's a very holy soul. A very holy soul. All right, anyway, Fushlema, Yesiben, Ahuva, Masuda, Shila ben Aliza, Daniel ben Aliza, Avram ben Aliza, Sarah ben Bas Rachel, and Rachel Bas Edel, Shevifua, Shalema, and an Aliyah Neshama, right? All right, so this is the Pasha Vayichi. Life. Life, 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 life. So, the struggles that you have in life, that really make you who you are, that is life. The whole 17 years that Yaakov, right? Nowhere in the Torah does it talk about those 17 years. They don't count. What did he do there for 17 years? What was going on? What was happening? Did he, you know, was he friends with Pop? Nothing. Because those are the 17 years that there was no pain and there was no struggle. And that's not life. I remember this story about this guy that woke up in the morning. He said to his wife, I think I'm dead. He said, why are you dead? He said, because nothing hurts. <laughs> nothing hurts. I must be in the next world. He said, nothing hurts. I can't be that I'm alive. So that's, 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 you see, did nothing. It talks about him coming to Mitzrayim and dying. In the 17 years in between, nothing happened. So the last, the, not many people get to see this, but I'm a client, so I do get to see this. You guys, you guys don't usually get to see the Pasha Stuma. The Valkyra this week had a hard time finding the beginning of the next week of Vayechi. He's like, the Stuma. So it's, it, there's no space between, usually between Pashas, there's a huge space. Here there's no space. Between Vayigash and, and Vayechi, there's no space. So which word is out of place? There's no space between the word Ma'od, which is the last passage in Vayigash, and the word Vayichi. Ma'od is, in, in the Ma'od is in the right place where it's supposed to be. It's, it's the last word of that passage. It's the Vayichi that's not in the right place. Vayichi is supposed to be a space down, and it's not a space down. The Vayichi is out of space, right? The Vayichi, Ma'od Vayichi. Ma'od Vayichi, Yaakov. I remember last week we spoke about this. And what? Right. And that was Araya that he was a Gilgal. Remember last year the Chindos said that. Right. Good memory. Very good memory. He must have done well in school. Mo'id is the spells Adam. Mem Alf Dalit. Adam. Adam lived through Yaakov. Because last year we were talking about that Adam was a, that Yaakov was a Gilgal of Adam. Very good. I didn't remember. I remembered something. That's what, that was the Chidah. All right. Anyway. So, life is a stuma. Life is something that we do not understand at all. I just learned it in the Gemara and Brachas. I just learned the Gemara and Brachas. 
part of life that we don't understand, right? So it says that in the world to come, in the world to come, um, they're going to say, they're going to say, Baruch Hashem HaToyvu Right? You make a bracha, toivu meitiv. The world is going to come to make a bracha, toivu meitiv. They ask a kasha, that's sort of like a bracha of because because there is no bad in Elohava, in the next world. There is no bad. So what are we making a bracha on it for? It's the state of affairs. It's not like I live in a lousy world and thank you, Hashem, for giving me something good. I don't normally have, don't normally have such a good wine, but I make a toivu meitiv on the wine, right? So I heard this also by the Shem. The teretz is that the Hatoiva Hamaitiv, that they're going to make it, Oilam Haba, is going to be on this world. What I thought was Baruch Dayan MS, what I thought was negative and bad, when Mashiach comes, I realized that all the Baruch Dayan MS that we say is really Hatoiva Hamaitiv. So Hatoiva Hamaitiv is on what happened in, in, in this world when we used to say Baruch Dayan MS. All right. So let's learn. It's a terrible story. It says that in the Jewish, you can, you can see it if you do these trips to Turkey. I wouldn't go to Turkey right now. I don't think it's very safe, but in the Jewish cemetery in the city of Izmir, Izmir in Turkey, there's a tombstone there. And the tombstone says in Hebrew, the crown of our heads, Morenu, Rabbeinu, the embittered man, the scholar, Rav Nissen Avram Ashkenazi ben Rochel, who wrote the Sefer, Nechbad Lemara, Dorosh Avram, and Maisa Avram. Who is this embittered man and a scholar at the same time? He was a cousin of Rav Chaim Palagi, who served with him on the Bezdin and the leaders of the Ismail Holy Jewish Kehila. In their introduction to the fourth volume of his Nechman Lamara, his nephews lavished praise upon his illustrious son. He was a very, very big, very big tzaddik. So, what does this mean that he had an embittered heart? This is what it says. His righteous wife, they state, they write in the Sefer, gave birth to 18 children in those days. 18 children they had. And all of them, down to the last one, died during his lifetime. All 18 children died while he was alive. And yet, his nephews maintained, despite his enormous grief, he did not turn into a sad person. How could that be? How can a father withstand the grief of losing 18 children one after another, funeral after funeral? So they said, despite all the agony he suffered, of Nisan Avram Ashkenaz developed a tremendous scholar who married authoring, he wrote many svarim. And how was he able to do that? Because he had a muna. A muna is where it's at. Everyone who came to Menachem, every, there was a lot of gedalim that I spent a long time there. They sat down, they said, the only way you get through this is a muna. Is that, you know, that there, 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 there's a purpose. There's, nothing's random. I don't understand how, how these kids that are running around, I guess they're just having fun, but how you're running around not believing in Hashem. You don't believe in Hashem. You're an atheist, right? That means that everything that happens has no reason. So if someone dies for no reason, how do you live with that? And then someone's rich, the other person's poor, so there's no reason for that? It's just random? 
He's lucky. I'm not lucky. That's why they're all miserable. There has to be a sense to life. There has to be a, a chut, a, a, something that ties to a, a gilgul, a tikkun, a whatever it is, whatever it is, but they don't believe that there's another world, so they don't believe that the soul's going anywhere. They believe that, that it's just random. If a person dies, goes into the ground, everything's dark, it's finished, it's over. He gets eaten by the worms, he's finished, it's over, he doesn't, there's nothing. So, so what are we here to eat, to sleep? What are we here for? I don't know how they live. The more money you have, the more you believe that that's the Yahashem. Yes, we are human beings, and yes, it hurts, and yes, there's a void, and yes, it's very, very hard. Because even if there's a reason for my pain, I'm still in pain. It doesn't help you that someone punched you in the stomach. Oh, I know why my stomach hurts me because he punched me in the stomach. Uh, oh, so now it doesn't hurt me anymore? Of course it still hurts me. Bangs me, me over the head, I get a big lump with a bat, Pastor Shalom, and it's killing me. Oh, but I know who did it, and I know, I know what he used, so it makes you feel better. <coughs> so the pain's still there. It takes time. It takes time. He says also, very interesting, um, I think this is very important, boys and girls that are listening to this. I never talked about this before, but this is very, very important. I have written Shtar Mechilos. I've seen them and I've written them for kids, for girls and boys. Um, he says the following. This is, this is, uh, from Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein. And this is very important. Whoever's listening, very important for parents and girls and boys. In recent years, we have been hearing about young couples who for various reasons break their engagements. As if the pain that they and their family suffer over the breakup was not enough, there are cases where matters were not arranged properly between both sides before the separation, leading to feelings of anger all around. Such a situation carries a, a tangible danger. There have been sad and even tragic circumstances with those close to the heart of the matter attributed to the anger that lingers after the shit is dissolved. There was a girl who met with a certain boy a number of times. Rabbi Yitzhak is very up to date, so you should just know that. People hurt other people. When he would not give her a definite answer because most guys don't commit, right? It's hard to say yes. Um, Either positive or negative, she gathered her courage and told him that she wanted him to make up his mind as she had other suggestions, other shidduchim to follow up. So she needed to know, where do you stand, guy? Hearing this, the Bacha said he was prepared to marry her. Yes. No, she pretty, she, he didn't say, will you marry me? She asked him, will you marry me? Right? That's today's day and age. So she said, are you sure? Yes, he answered. In that case, I want you to swear to me. Ooh. First of all, that's a pretty tough girl. She's not playing no games, right? Not good enough to tell me you want to marry me. I want you to swear it to me. And the young man, who no doubt did not realize the seriousness of the vow, he actually swore to marry her. When his mother, <coughs> a widow, found out that this girl made him swear, her future mother-in-law, she declared, I don't agree to this shidduch. The mother claimed that her son was considered an excellent bacher, and he did. You swear that you're going to marry her? We're not putting up with that stuff. No way. 
She threatened him saying, if you marry the girl, if you marry this girl, I will take away your inheritance. Serious business. She didn't say I wouldn't come to the wedding. She said, I'll take away your, your inheritance. The girl on her part stated that if the Bukha dissolved the Shidduch, she would never forgive him. So she said, if you step out, I will never, I will never be Mechliyu. This is a tough one. She was very angry with him. And now he's a Paisic. So they went to him. What should we do? He swore. He promised. His mother is, is taking him out of the inheritance. The girl's saying, I'm not going to be Mechliyu. This poor guy. He just wanted to get married. Look what happened to him. So with his mother's screams ringing in his ears, the unfortunate young man did not know what to do. And what is he going to do about the nether he made? So he came to ask the Rav, what should be done? So he looked up at Gillian Marchand, and it says the same story, a bacher committed, and his mother heard it, and she screamed and cried, and, and therefore the halacha was that the vow that he made, the promise he made was considered not, not valid, based on the tshuva by the Marshalam. The Gillian says, brother, says ah, that a person who swears that he will rise for Tila B'tzibur, with Tila B'tzikin, but he realized that if he does, he will not be able to go to Shul from his house where he was in is absolved. So in other words, he made the promise before he knew that his mother would freak out. So the promise is not a good, it's not a real promise. He said, but after that, the Rav said, I saw that he was uncertain about this ruling. He wasn't happy. He said, you don't, you don't have to marry her. Rav said, you don't have to marry her. But he wasn't happy. He had some irky feelings. Um, so he said, you know what? I'm not letting you out of this. This, uh, I'm not breaking the shua for you. And let me go talk to your mother. So she came. And he told her, you know, that sometimes there's some really bad stuff happens if you don't get a shtar mechila. And the girl's telling you she's not going to be moichel him. It's not going to be good. Um, so he tells us, he says, one of the most heart-trending stories about ill feelings in Shaduchim which I told the mother happened to one of the Torah leaders of the previous generation whose only daughter died during her engagement period. So there was a big tzaddik. He's not telling us who it was. His daughter got engaged and she died while she was engaged. He himself declared that the tragedy had taken place because of anger directed at him when he broke off a match in his past. So this tzaddik, he's not saying who it was, lost his daughter because he broke a shidduch with another girl who wasn't Michael. So he's telling this to the mother. I also told her the story about Rav Mordechai Benet. You ever hear this story from the Nickelberger? Oh, this is a scary story. I also told her, everyone who's listening, if you have to break a shidduch, if you have to break a shidduch, first you have to try everything in the world not to break a shidduch. Because it's not like a get. It's not your marriage. You just give a get. You don't have to give a when you get married. But here, you're not married, but you're engaged. So you're sort of everywhere and nowhere. So you need the shtar mechila, and you have to be careful how you treat her. And a boy has to be careful also that if he leads some girl on and then he breaks it off and he hurts her, he has to get mechila. You hear all kinds of crazy stories. But anyway, this is a very famous story. Rabbi Mordechai Benet was the Rav of Nicholsburg, and he went to another town far away from Nicholsburg, and he, he had a heart. He died suddenly. He wasn't sick. He just died. And it happened on a Friday, so they couldn't wait, so they buried him in that other town, not in his own town, not in his own basic virus. When the bitter news reached the residents of Nicholsburg, they were doubly pained. Not only had they lost their Rebbe, their Rav, but because of the great distance, they couldn't even pray at his grave. So they came to the Chassam Seifer to ask him if they could take the body from the other cemetery 
and bring it to Nicholsburg to bury it there. Because he was a, he was the rov there for many years. Because the matter was urgent, the Chassam Sefer sat up long into the night preparing his answer. As he sat writing, he fell asleep. The Chassam Sefer fell asleep and he had a dream. In his dream, Rabbanet, who had died in the faraway city, came to him. And he said, you have to leave me in the grave in the town that I died. You cannot bring me home. Why? Chassam Sefer asked why? So he told the Chassam Sefer, when you go to the grave where I'm buried in the other town, you'll see that it's right next to a, a girl. I guess she would never get married. And that heaven had arranged matters in such a way because many years before, the girl had been angry with him with regard, regarding to a shidduch. So in order to atone for this, he had to die in the spot where he's going to be very close to her. I'm talking about a big shadow. You can't play with this. So then, they went to look, a dream, and the killer was shaken. They investigated with the local Chavik Kadisha, and they found out that he was buried right next to this girl. Well, he messed up her shit. It doesn't say he went out with her. Well, he, he, he dealt with the shit. He had to be so careful. Baruch Hashem, says, the, says uh, the rabbi, after hearing the story, the mother got scared. She's like, I don't want that to happen to my son. And she agreed to the mat, to the match, and that same night the plate was broken. Huh? Gotta be very careful. Gotta be very careful. What? Yeah, I'm sure it was. It's very scary. You have to go back. Anyone who's watching this, and if you hurt a girl once, you got to you got you got to get mechila. You got to get a shtar mechila. And if a girl who hurt a boy, a girl could hurt a boy too. Shtar mechila. It's not simple. A guy that I know came to me. One of my girls. She's married already, ten years. She has like five kids. And he came to me. I don't know who he is. And he said, Ray Wallace, do you still have this girl's phone number? Do you know, could you find her? I know she was in your school. I knew exactly where she was. I said, yeah, how can I help you? He said, I'm not married. I heard her. I told her we're going to get engaged. And the last second, I, I pulled the plug. And I really heard her. And I think that's why I'm not married. So do you think she'll, she'll accept the star from me? I said, of course she'll say, she's married with kids. You're the guy that's messed up. So I called her up. She was out of state. And I said, this guy's in my house. You could hear the other side got silent. Because they were supposed to get engaged 10 years before that. This guy's in my house. He's not married. She goes, really? I hope I didn't do that. I'm like, no, you didn't do anything. And he feels that maybe the way he treated you was wrong. And he would like to write me to write a star mechila with him together would you accept it and it was quiet on the other end she was thinking and she said I have a family and a husband my husband's not so healthy some of my kids are not so healthy um, I need to think about it this guy almost died he was in my house he almost died I said think about it she goes if you want me to really be accept it I have to accept it with a full heart um Call me tomorrow. I called the next day and she said, 
I don't even know why I asked, why I asked to think about it. Uh, just, just send it to me. I'm good with it. Very careful. Very careful. We forget, you know. Other people say, you think because it's a shit of, you're dating, that you could do it, you could do that because it's part of, you know, nine times, ten times, and I'm sorry that I broke your heart, but you know, I gotta go on. It's not so simple. You see what happened here? It's a big rub. He died early in another town because Hashem said, you messed her up, you're going to be buried next to her. So he wasn't even buried basic verse of his own town. What? I don't hear you. Yeah, but this is, we're talking Shiduchim. Now I heard anybody's feelings. Oh, I know a story, a terrible story. Story. I don't think I ever said this story over. He's in Shemayim a long time. When I was in high school, I was a bully. There was a kid in my class that was like a real nevach. How do you say nevach in English? What? Chazita is Syrian. <laughs> Chazita! Um, Nebuch, I say Nebuch, like... Unfortunate. unfortunate. Good word, good, good translation. There was an unfortunate kid in my class who just had no friends. I, I, I try to be, uh, I try to be his friend, I think, whatever. I, I, I very much was there for him, even though I was a ball player and he was zero. Um, it was this bully, and he, this kid, wanted to be friends with him, whatever it was. And one day, we were going to gym. So in, when you went to gym, you had your sneakers in the class, and you took your shoes off, and you put your sneakers on. And he told the kid, if you want to play with us, tie my sneakers. I was there. And this kid was on the floor, tying this kid's sneakers. I'll never forget it. Many, 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 many years later, the bully got killed in that position. Execution. So, yeah, God doesn't forget. Don't bully anyone. It's not a joke. Hashem doesn't forget. He gives you a chance to ask Mechila, but he doesn't forget. And if that doesn't, you know, choke. You bully, your kids will get bullied in school. You don't invite someone to your party, Hashem waits. Because you know that if he hurts you, it hurts. But if he hurts your kid, so then your kid's not getting invited to the party. You're going nuts. And your heart's getting ripped out because, because your child's not invited. She's not socially normal because you did not invite others. God, it's like the IRS. He has a lot of time. He waits for tshuva, but if it doesn't happen, I told you, we talked about this consequence. There is consequence to everything. And anyone who preaches a world and a life of no consequence is preaching atheism. God created the world, and this is how he created the world. You mess with someone, I'm going to mess with you. Maybe not you, maybe your kids, maybe your grandkids. A person has to be very careful when he's young how he treats other people. But you see here, you see the story with the Shidduchim. 
a rov buried next to a girl, a graveyard, not even in his town. You gotta be very careful. All right, I don't mind to scare you. Are you still thinking about the thing with the hands? If you take something, you're only gonna get a little. But if you let Hashem give it to you, you're gonna get his hand. Wow! Come on, you guys aren't dancing. I don't say we should make a rikido. Don't think we should make a rikido on that. Okay. There's one other thing I wanted to tell you from this sefer. From this sefer. Oh, here it is. He says like this. He says. The teacher's devotion. It says, Achalkei Meyakov. Rashi tells that the poor seifrim and teachers will come from Shimon, the tribe of Shimon. How is it? Yaakov Avino cursed Shimon, right, for what they did, right? Accuses your rage and your anger. Why would Hashem make the Rabbeim of Kalah Yisrael come from Shimon, who has spiritual DNA of being angry? And losing it. And going to come without permission. And wiping out the whole country. Oh, the Rebbe's going to get angry. He'll wipe out the whole class. <laughs> Why would you pick the Shemit Levi with the Rebbeim and Shemit Shimon? The two guys that lost control. They're going to kill them. They're going to throw the kids out the window. Right? He says, Neyredik. He says, Devotion. Devotion. A Rebbe... Has to have a, has to have devotion, and Shimon Vilevi got angry, but it doesn't mean they got angry like that. They, like I said, they would not stand for seeing people in pain and and and, and failure and not being able to do it. So Shimon Vilevi said, "Hakazaina, you took our sister, and that's what you turned her into. We're not putting up with it." So they would not put up with failure. Their devotion, that Shevet, Shevet Levi, and Shevet Shimon would not put up. In other words, I'm not, I'm not allowing this kid to fall. I'm not going to let him fall. I am going to, to fight for each student with that fight that they had. And we see from here that you can use any media for good. We have to fight for the kid. To fight for the kid. I fought for a kid this week. I got angry. I went, I didn't get angry. I fought for the kid. Hashem. A lot of kids are not in yeshiva. They have any problems getting into certain schools, whatever it is. If the kid, you know, wants it. If the kid doesn't want it, you know. If you want it, they don't want it, you're wasting your time. I, I just, I told that to parents all week this week. If your kid doesn't want to buy in, you're coming to deep, my high school because you're forcing her, she's not interested. You're coming to my ranch because you're forcing her, she's not interested. Every day she can be running away. I'll be chasing her every day down the street. We're willing to help those who want to be helped. Okay, we're going to end on a nice note. We're going to talk about the benching of your children and where it comes from and how important it is. Not just your boys. Mistake, people, who just bench your boys. It's the minute of Yisrael to bench your children and your grandchildren, if they're there, 
every Friday night. My father's minig to bench your children, even after they're married. It's not about benching single children. He says, and my red, my father did the same thing. I want to read you this. It's beautiful. The minig was b'chol avish shabbos erev shabbos erev yom tov achamayriv holchem abanam etol will say him. They would um, go to their parents. They would bend over. They would kiss the palms of their hands. The fathers would put their hands on the on the heads of their children and bench them. Even if your kid is old, and he has grandchildren, so you're the great grandfather. Since that they're alive, they'll, they'll be makabal with love. The do that, right? We don't do this. When you leave shul, you should kiss your father, uli imo, and your mother. I see that by the father. It's beautiful, beautiful when they bench their kids. Really? They're not even there? That I never heard. Really? Okay, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. It's written. Shabazesha ben misbarak my aviv that the child is being benched by his father, but kind of the mitzvah says she'll give it up aim. That he's letting himself be benched. He's doing the mitzvah of aim. You got to do whatever you can to make sure you get the bracha of your of your of your father and your mother. You want to hear something crazy? My father was very mocked, like not normal to bench his kids, and his kibbutz of aim for his mother to get benched by his mother. I can tell you a story. When my grandmother left on a Thursday from New York to Eretz Yisrael, my father was in Miami. He flew from Miami, met my grandmother in the airport in the way in the lounge. He used to buy all the tech business, so first class lounge. Went into the lounge using Kennedy, landed in Kennedy, went into the lounge. My grandmother benched him, right? Got back on a plane and flew back to Florida. He flew there and back and got benched for 10 minutes. See my grandmother. He did not miss a, uh, a bracha. You're not living by your parents. And they live far away from you. Don't, don't hold back every Friday night from 
going and yontarim to kiss their hands and to get their bracha. Shmuvacha bracha is poor with this guy, Mashem Evachim. Besides that, the bracha gets you close to each other. We live in Nefesh, believe Shalem. Because by accepting the bracha from your parents, you're showing that it matters to you and that the bracha is important. So that means that my father is important. The measure says that all the good that the Romans have, the Goyim have from, from Esau, is only because of his, the bracha that he got from his father. Therefore, it's no difference whether you're married or single. He wrote that the Indian of benching your children Shabbos There is no greater kibbutz of the aim than getting a bracha. Because the child is showing his father. That you're very important, that your bracha counts. Showing your parents honor is as great as showing Hashem honor. Therefore, your father's benching you is like the bracha of Hashem. The father has to bench with Kavanah. Just like I'm benching them, Hashem should bench them. If the father and mother bench the kids, then, then the Hashem has to. Be careful to keep this mitzvah. You hear? We're not done. We're almost done. I have to be more mocked to bench my kids. Um, he says, there's a minig. In the Sefer Mavra Yavai, Mishum, Shabbos, why should you give them the bracha on Shabbos? Give your kids a bracha Wednesday night. Go home now, give your kids a bracha. Why Friday night? Mishum, Shabbos, ain't satan upega rash, bracha. On Shabbos, there's no satan or bad angels to stop the bracha from happening. Huh? No, that he could because she was in there strong. Normally he was, but us, we got Friday night and Shabbos day. Lined up. Huh? Yeah, they should give you a bracha with the phone. Sure. It's not the same. It's not the same thing, but you're showing them that your bracha is important. If that's give it up aim. If you call, right? Let's give it up aim. Baruch Hashem, I have the schuss of seeing my mother now every morning. My brother was brilliant. We, since, like, well, I'm learning with my brother. He said, why don't we learn by mommy? Let's learn in her apartment. We come to the apartment. She puts Cheerios out and her water. No, and she's busy with me. Like, like her kids are, like, she, like we're little, little kids again. It means, and she gives me a bracha before I get on the elevator for the day. A kiss and a bracha. It's, I can't wait until it can't happen anymore. Then it's too late. Oh, my, should I give you more time? Too late. When they're alive, you can get a hug and a kiss, and it's nice and warm. When they're in a box, it's not nice and warm, and you can't get a hug and a kiss. Where you wait, people get up, oh, I should have given my, my parents more time. Yeah, so now what? There's <laughs> something so ridiculous. It's not ridiculous, it's just sad.
I, I know I know a guy that Mamish doesn't talk to his doesn't talk to his parents. When his mother died, so he said he's burying he's not burying her in Eretz Yisrael. Why? He's going to bury her here. Why? Because here he could definitely visit her more than Eretz Yisrael. Because how many times can you go to Eretz Yisrael? Well, here we can go always every first Chaydish. All right. You never visited her when she was alive. Now you worried about visit. Now you want to visit her more. So you don't want to bury her in Israel? Were you out of your mind? No, no, I'm saying like, no, no, he burying her not in Israel, even though maybe she wanted to be buried in Israel because the family, we can, I can go more to her. You never went to her when she was alive, so now you worried about it. Well, wait, that's your husband? Out of your mind? Oh yeah, yeah. We don't think, we don't think, we don't think, we don't think, we don't think. He says something interesting. Because of Tom Nice the minute up there. Another reason should be Leil Shabbos Kodesh, the night of Friday night. There's a special Shefa from Hashem that comes down to the kids Friday night. We're probably all the even specifically the little teeny ones. Nechaz Hashefa Beneko, they're able to grab the Shefa easily. They never did a sin. Some Sefer writes a lot about this. She be mice, she on the weekdays, on Utrudim and Michal Kakala were working, trying to make money for food. Most of our tefillas don't have kavana, we're thinking about your next meeting, right? But tefillah without kavana, next week could come and chenny rotsay. A tefillah without kavana is like a carbon with, that, that, that doesn't have the right, uh, the right das, right? Shabbos and Yantif, you're not thinking about your business. Who has my way? So then, when you give a bracha, your head is clear. So he used to bench his kids little Shabbos. Sometimes during the week, they curse their kids. We take Tzorim va'Agmas Nefesh. So the if someone cursed his child because he got him very angry during the week, these brachas Friday night, they break the curses. Could you believe that? A person with curses on kids? Huh? What are you saying they passed away already? You got a problem. Right, you got a problem. You got a problem. Nobody curses their children. should never curse the child. Anyway, Kabi Yosha says that any curse you ever give comes back on you. Not like curse anybody. He says that any curse a person gives, even if you hurt the other person, you get a piece of it. It's a very, very Shikabi Yosha. Never, ever, 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 ever allow to curse somebody. Okay, anyway, we'll end with the bracha. And the bracha is that this week, at the end of the Pasha, I've spoken about it many times, it says that Yosef died in Mitzrayim, they buried him, they mummified him. It sounds like it's a very bad Pasuk. But going back to the beginning, that everything that, if you have a Muna, and there was the best Pasuk, because since he was buried in Mitzrayim, when they came out of Mitzrayim, they were stuck by the Yam, and the Yam had to split, and the Yam said, I'm not splitting, because they, they do have errors, and they do have errors. And he saw Yosef's bones, and he said, oh, 
He broke Teva by Potiphar's wife. He broke Teva by his brothers. He didn't take revenge. He didn't, right? He broke his Teva. So then I have to break my Teva. If Yosef would have been buried in Shechem and Eretz Yisrael, like his father Yaakov taken up to Eretz Yisrael, there would have been no bones. The, the Yam wouldn't have split. We would have been stuck and got decimated by all the Mitzrayim. So in the end, it looks like the worst part of Yosef died. Oh my gosh. The champion, our champion, the superstar. Mashiach ben Yosef. He died, right? Looks like the worst thing in the world. No, he died and he was buried in Mitzrayim because had he been buried anywhere else, we would have been stuck. So therefore, right after we say, what's the last word in the parasha? And they buried him in Mitzrayim. The last word in Bereshis is Mitzrayim. It's not a good word. Every other, you can look it up. The end of the end of Shmos in the last pasuk it says the word Yisrael. In the end of Ayikra, in the last pasuk it says the word Yisrael. In the end of Amidbar, in the last pasuk it says the word Yisrael. In the end of Devarim, in the last pasuk, it says it says the word Yisrael. In the end of Bracious, it says Mitzrayim. Everyone, everyone has Yisrael, and we have Mitzrayim. The end of Bracious sounds very not right. Bracious, the creation of the world, right? The whole thing. And the answer is that Mitzrayim, Vayisem, Ba'orim, Mitzrayim, that's the big word. He was buried in a coffin in Mitzrayim. Because he was in Mitzrayim, we took him out of Mitzrayim, he was able to split the Yamasur. So Mitzrayim, the last word in gracious, is the best word in gracious. Because if he wasn't in Mitzrayim, it would say, Eretz Yisrael. It said the word, the last word, Yisrael, in Pashba Yechi, we were doomed. So the one book that can't say Yisrael is Pashba Yechi. And therefore, we all get up to Shabbos and say, Chazak, 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 Yisrael. I know you're going through a lot of pain. Don't give up. What looks bad, Mitzrayim, is actually the best word. What looks bad is really the best. And that was the answer. That the Hatayva Hamitiv that we're going to make when Mashiach comes is not on the times of Mashiach, but on all the times that we thought there were tragedies, the fire, all these things that are happening, right? And we say Baruch Dayan Emes, we're going to make Hatayva native on the Baruch Dayan Emes. It would be Zaycha to do that very soon. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.